This is Uptown Films, a podcast made to elevate the cinema culture in Uptown New York. If you're looking to establish yourself in the industry, we've got stories, tips, and life lessons for filmmakers working above 125th Street. I'm Gregory Hernandez. And I'm Sophie Yu. And today, we're chatting with Melissa Ramos, the director of 21 Islands Film Festival. Melissa holds two master's degrees in film and advertising and has extensive experience as an editor and motion graphics artist. In addition to curating the film festival with Pergonis Theater and Puerto Rican Traveling Theater, she runs Bronx Film Wednesdays and teaches TV production in New York City. 21 Islands features short films from island nations, island states, island cities, and island territories around the world. They showcase short animation, experimental, and live action films in February every year. This week, listen in for Martin Scorsese turning into a 1950s gangster. Welcome to Uptown New York. Sorry to like upset the listeners. We talk to each other when we're not talking on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I already know how your week was going. Yeah, at this point, because like we collaborate, we're collaborating on multiple things and also business related things. So yeah, I'm doing well. And I heard about this terrific resource last week. And it's essentially a unique resource that I think benefits many filmmakers, regardless of their experience levels. Mm-hmm. And it's called film local. So it's a great way to establish your network and Mm -hmm. your community. And if you're an individual, you want to, for instance, staff your crew, like crew up. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to bring on an editor or if you're a production company and you're looking to hire someone. Um, So it's film local serves basically every need that you have in terms of the ultimate resource, which is people. So if you're trying to you know, once again, do a project or hire somebody, definitely use Film Local. And that's right there in the name. It's namesake, local. You can find somebody that's close mm-hmm. to you. And finding resources that are close to you, it's not only is it convenient, but it's essential. Awesome. That sounds great. And it's free, right? Yeah, they have different um, accounts. I do believe they have like a free one if you're an, if you're an individual. Mm-hmm. But if you are a production company, I believe there is a cost. Mm. So. Definitely look into Film Local um, on social media and just visit the website for more information. Awesome. And I wanted to just quickly chat about something that was, it's not going to be news when this comes out, but um, the Alamo Draft House in Staten Island just opened. So that means that there's an Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Staten Island, but there's still only two movie theaters in the Bronx. And, you know, for a while, one wasn't even working. It wasn't even operating. Yeah, it just recently became operational, I think, uh, at the tail end of June. So yeah. June of 2022 was like not active for almost seven months. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Staten Islanders, go out, appreciate what you have, you know, be thankful for your opportunity to munch on french fries and burgers while you're watching Lightyear <laughs> in a comfortable chair yeah <laughs> people in the bronx don't have that <laughs> uh, it's not as accessible definitely. all right awesome all right. um yeah so i can start us off with the first question um so something that really like stands out about you is that you work a lot in post-production and also like producing. 
Um, and I think a lot of people who come to film go into it thinking like, I'm going to be a director or a writer director and there's nothing else that I want to do. Um, so it's always interesting when people sort of like specialize in one particular aspect of film. Um, so I wanted to know, you know, what sort of brought you into film and how you got more into post-production. So as, as a background, I'm a, I'm a plastic artist and I'm a seamstress since I was 10. Right. Mm. So it's something I didn't study because I was like, well, I'm going to study to do sculptures or to do. Right. And my father's family is a family of seamstress. My dad was an architect. My mom is a, is a teacher. She's a poet. She's a storyteller. And mm. I grew up with those skills and I found in film that I could put them together. Mm. Personally, I am epileptic. Um, I don't okay. talk too much about it, but I cannot be in front of those lights. I mean, now the lights are different, mm -hmm. but when I was studying, there were 500 watts. Like I would have seizures. So oh, wow. I always saw my condition as a, a liability for the set. Mm -hmm. and that's how I felt all my life. Like, oh, what am I going to do there if I'm just going to ruin? Like that was my way of thinking. Um, so I, when I, when I studied film, I realized in post, I could be an artisan because you design, you choose colors and I could be a storyteller. Right. Yeah. And if you can hand, sew, if you can do tiny things with your hands, you have patience and editors need patience. Mm -hmm. And that's what I most <laughs> have. Yeah. You know, like. People get like really aggravated with the computer and I'm like, give me the film strip and let's cut it with a scissor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When did you uh, get into producing? So I was called by the Center for Puerto Rican Studies and they needed a, a producer for Puerto Rican voices. And first I got there as an editor. There was another producer and I think the director then says, no, no, I want you to produce them. And I said, of course I can produce. Yeah. But what do you need? Like, mm -hmm. like what? So, so getting into the language and the communication at the beginning was hard. Um, then the concept, it was sort of like a MSNBC show, oh, wow. Rachel Maddow type, you know, like that kind of show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that that's not hard right so the my, my boss was the host they were interviewee guests others were online plus they were packages of interviews in in puerto rico because all these 15 episodes were the aftermath of hurricane maria mm. and i can't say no it's my people like i can't say no and it was a really good experience not only that i get to meet all these organizations helping around the island and helping in, in United States and in different states, but you get to hear the stories. And, and you have some, some freedom for those that I saw that were really good storytellers. So I would just tell them, this is the goal of this segment. Because as a producer, I like to, first I like to acknowledge people's capacities mm -hmm. and, and see them grow. Like, I, it's not 
this is what you have to do and that's it. And you are my mouse pusher. N no. And, and not everyone wants to be as creative. Okay. Then you can just go by the script. But if you are creative and you feel that changing this line at the beginning will impact the audience better, great. Yeah, it's like the yeah. intersection of creative and technical and marketing because they all have to come together. So that's where you're like, sometimes like when running my business, it's like a client will say, well, we're not creative. It's like, you're not, but you kind of know what works and that feeds into marketing. Let me handle the technical and the creative and let's come in the middle for the marketing. Yeah. How did you, I guess, what was the inspiration? You know, what was the connection to, to cinema that led you to, you know, starting 21 Islands International Film Festival and then eventually Bronx Film Wednesdays? Well, first, I would say, um, first, by, by knowing the directors of, of Pregones, um, but it's my background in education, mm -hmm. right? I, I've been teaching uh, maybe now 12 years. Um, during COVID, I was, I was teaching at Pratt Institute. I taught, I think, three years. And I have taught at New York Film Academy, mm -hmm. MNN, um, I currently I teach in the projects with a nonprofit called Share for Life. Nice. We teach um, children and teens. Which projects? Which where, where? I'm right now. Well, I have taught in all, all boroughs oh, okay. except Staten Island. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the Staten Island is considered the forgotten borough. The Bronx is the overlooked borough. We like to, you know. Yeah, I have I have taught in the Bronx in Manhattan. Um, so it's a contract that this, this nonprofit has with NYCHA. So in the background of, of education, well, one of the things that you have to do is bring the students content to see. So it's my job to find more films, to find mostly short films, because short films are the, the main um, material for teaching because they're short. Because mm -hmm. if I put a feature, then I'm not teaching. Mm -hmm. We're just watching a movie. So I know a lots of shorts. Like I, it's something that I always look into. And because in film school, that's what they're going to produce and direct is a short film. So in Puerto Rico, there's this festival called Cine Fiesta that receives, I don't know, 10,000 shorts a year. Wow. They have 20 years <laughs> And I don't think the last 10 years, those that win that festival win an Oscar. Wow. And that nice. means that those that choose them, the criteria is so good, you know? So I was um, in the selection panel with them like two years. So I saw maybe 2000 shorts that year. Mm. Um, so I bring that to New York and the director of Pregones wants to do something that has to do with islands. And this came out of the comment of Trump, that mm. PR was just surrounded by water, that we're just this thing surrounded by water. So right? this was like 2015, 2016. Yeah. And because Pregones collaborates with other islands like Hawaii, like they... They do this work, she said, but with theater, we can't. That's too much work. Mm. So she said, what about film? So she called me and I said, well, let's do a short film festival because short films um, help emerging filmmakers. 
because there's enough festivals for the big filmmakers. And what happened in that time that we noticed, like the first two years, oh, not enough people. I told the director, mostly the people who come to film festival are, are the film directors and, and who worked in the film, which is sad, right? Because we oriented just to them. And I said, no, they need an audience. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to watch my own film. <laughs> you know how many time I spend in post-production? Like, mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched my shows. So I told the director, so then we have to bring the culture to the Bronx. So we have to teach the audience, the people, that there is a film event here. That's when I said, let's do a monthly film thing. And we can bring local filmmakers. What was the initial response there when you started those first couple of years? The initial, uh, I would say it goes up and down, but the beginning was really good. It all depends because it's New York. So if there's something happening you're competing with everything that's happening when you when you produce events my experience since a kid and events has always been social political yeah that mm-hmm. is my experience i'll produce you a protest i will go on strike that is my <laughs> strike at the university in pr like that's my knowledge of producing events getting people getting the press the manifestation okay fine but that's not daily. That's not monthly. That is driven by, by a situation of, of, of justice, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I'll roll with that because that, that goes with my values also, you know, is a cause. But an event producing, for me, I have to put a cause. Yeah. Because if not, like, what? So that's when I said, okay, so the, the, the audience needs to know that that they benefit, mm. that we do it for them, that it's not just a fancy gallery night. Well, how exactly does the 21 Islands International Short Film Festival work? Because if you started in 2016, 2017, I believe at the time you might have been like the only festival in the Bronx because 2018 we started, we saw the Concourse Film Festival, and then we started to get Monhaven and of course Bronx Film 48. We have the 48-hour film challenge, which is not really a festival, but it's it's an interactive film program. So what I'm essentially asking is, how does your festival work? Because there seems to not be a lot of film festival programming here in the Bronx. Like BCC has something, but without that, that means there's not a lot of practice. So I agree in terms of making sure it's interactive so people understand there's a benefit. But can you explain, like, it's 21 islands, it's over the course of a few months. How does your festival work? So our viewers who want to maybe apply... So, um, so we accept island nation, island territories, island towns. It does. It could be Manhattan. It's an island. Um, it's a, it's an islander experience. So it could be city island. It's is that type of a feeling, right? As a criteria, um, we have a selection panel. This is this is what I like to do. Um, so the selection panel is a group of people that are, they're just, they just love film. They don't have to be filmmakers. So those that first see it are mainly consumers of, of the product, right? Or appreciate, appreciative. And they do, they evaluate the films, the most they can watch, right? I'm not going to tell you 
watch the 3000 you know um <laughs> they watch like 200 and I, you don't have to watch 200 if you want to be part you just watch as most as you like to so but with that i get a grasp of different type of taste and and different type of views on the film because sometimes you have a film that is not let's say highly technical on the camera Mm. But you have such a good story. Yeah. So that's how I balance it, right? Because it's for the audience. I just don't allow bad sound. No bad sound. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's, that's, the, the, you know, no. that's the deciding factor. No, that's yeah. the, bad sound yeah. is just not allowed. Mm -hmm. So for filmmakers, like you may not have the best camera, the best technical stuff, but the audio has got to be great. The, the audio. Yeah. Pay your sound person. So you no. Like, we, only, we only have so much money. What are we going to do? Forget the camera. Get the audio. But uh, a challenge I do have is to discover other islands. So for instance, if, if you look in the Caribbean and you look at the the Antilles, the smaller islands, I barely get. Hmm. Like Trinidad, I may get two. So is it 21 islands that you've had submit already? Or is it you've had more islands? Well, no, we can receive like 300 mm. places and we choose 21. Oh, oh no. I see. And then what types of films are... Uh, accepted animated short experimental um fiction animation documentary basically um i use the oscar rules mm. Mm. i would love to hear just as a fellow editor what's your biggest pet peeve when you're you know reviewing footage when you're working with a director anything in the post-production arena so it's the decision making and expecting is, is, is when there's lack of communication. Mm, mm -hmm. When you have no direction, I would say that's my, my biggest, like handing me no direction. Yeah. <laughs> because if Absolutely. I have no direction, I'm the director. Yeah. But I get no credit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And documentary editors happens all the time. Mm -hmm. They are handed a <laughs> bunch of footage mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I shot a movie. You didn't shot a movie. You shot an archive. Yeah. Okay. Like, don't tell me you shot a movie. You have a movie. No, you have a bunch of footage. Now let's make it a movie. Mm -hmm. Then it's given, and then they do it in companies, and then the editor makes all the decisions of the story without direction, but that, that's the director of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It won't get that credit. That's, that's what I did for Greg's film. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second now. Don't throw me under the We sat next to each other for months oh. and, and it was a collaborative. I was there with you now. Come on. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, well, you see, that I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I know people who don't like the director behind. I'm like, no, they're supposed to be with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like at least uh, the raw and the, the, no, I'll do that. That's fine. That's with the assistant editor. Right. Um, I'll hand you a first draft, but it would be that the lack of, uh, of direction. And then the people want you to make magic, <laughs> right? Right. So they're like, but don't you do after effects? And I'm like, yeah. Um, why didn't you shoot it? Well, <laughs> so I don't have to rotoscope it. Cause I, yeah. I, I do rotoscoping, but I don't like rotoscoping this thing of, of, that the things that it, the project lacks, the editor is is gonna <laughs> it's gonna put them there. Yeah, right. I know exactly. What you so mean. 
it's not that you're just going to turn it into a different story. And if you're too anxious, no, 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 mm. no. <laughs> Take a tea. I don't know. Like you have to be willing. Yeah. Because, you know, some people on set, because the set is more active. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's still the set has to be calm. Mm -hmm. You can't come out hyper here. You got to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You can't. You know, people tell me, oh, shooting a movie is so exciting. I was like, it's not exciting. It's actually <laughs> tense. It's yeah. super tense. I've been AC. It's super tense. Mm -hmm. The only ones excited are the actors. Mm-hmm. And the client sometimes. Oh, they're, they're God, performing. we're away from the office. <laughs> they're <Yeah>. performing. <laughs> but I'm like, no, it is like tense. So mm -hmm. I don't want someone who is like hyper and anxious. Like I need a DP who is calm. And I'll, yeah. I'll set the environment, right? But in post, no, it's, it's calm. Yeah. And, and people <laughs> panic. Oh, my God, the footage went offline. And I'm like, Give, let me. <laughs> so what I do yeah. with clients is that. I show up one hour earlier, even if it's not paid, and I set up everything so when they see it. So I don't like them to see the software loading, the media connecting, <laughs> none of those things. Mm -hmm. They don't have to see none of, of, of that. Yeah. They just have to see you know, no updates, mm -hmm. turn off the <laughs> Wi-Fi, <laughs> nothing that updates yeah. because it's going to upset me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, that's great advice. You know, don't don't put internet in the post-production houses. There's no internet because someone can steal that content and that content is highly, you know, so they don't the computers don't have internet. So you don't entertain. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can't bring thumb drives. You can't bring nothing. Yeah. Because that's their content. Yeah. Now, if you're working as a producer, then you need the internet because the internet <laughs> is part of the edit. Definitely. Permissions. But I, I like to see that my edits are not, my editors are not browsing <laughs> and be like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why is that open? <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, Thank you but, for having me. Yeah. This was great. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up, I'm just going to, you know, ask what's next with you? Um, what's what's next for you? What are you working on? Anything else that you'd like to say or promote? Um, promote. Well, I'm working on two more documentaries. I'm like plan on doing them feature documentaries. Mm. Um, one is the story of my grandma, um, and I'm doing some more interviews on, on, um, musical legends that are alive. And because I have a big connection with musicians, so I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing those that made the other ones great, mm. you know, like the bongo player of Eddie Palmieri, for instance, right? Like we always have this thing of of the leader um but we don't have those that make that one that one great so i i have for interview a, a musical director of lauren hill for mm. instance wow. she's the father of my best friend he wow. he's wow. jamaican that's amazing yeah he, <laughs> no like he, he has so many stories you know so i want to do that trip to to miami um, and he worked with Stephen Marley, Damian Marley. He has like like maybe three um, 
what do you call it, Grammys, but it's a character, you know? And he doesn't like the fame. He doesn't do that. They're, they're family of Bob Marley, but he's, he don't use that last name. But that is what I like yeah. of these, these people because they're the, com- the ones that come with the ideas behind and have all the stories. There's the one observing, mm-hmm. right? And I've been, I know him for like 14 years now. And I always wanted to do like this interview with him. And, and, and so I have a few that that would be sort of a docu-series mm. as well. Okay. And um, I'm looking like for, for other like, you can call it hidden gems. Mm. Mm-hmm. But they're not hidden in, in their environment, right? Mm-hmm. But they're hidden for the general public. Definitely. So we we tend to just look like, I mean, even with Bad Bunny, I'd rather interview who does his wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what I like. <laughs> you understand? Like, Absolutely. Who yeah. is behind these these concepts? So that's like, uh, I still don't have a name, though. That's one. And the other project I'm going to do this right after this. Um, I'm, I'm doing pre-production about odd jobs in New York, but that are essential. Mm. Like who cleans the tracks of the train? Mm. Who mounts them? Who cleans the bridges? You know, like jobs that we don't consider highly professional, but the city can't run without them. Right. Trash, right. sanitation. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to focus on, on these skills that only that one person can have. Yeah. Who cleans the windows of a church or, you know, what materials, like what does that require Mm -hmm. that makes it so, so unique? Mm -hmm. Um, Who takes care of the wardrobe at the Met? Yeah. That is very specific. So, so it is a challenge because I'm going to need a lot of permits for this type of job. This is not like guerrilla. Mm-hmm. type but i'll just i'm doing these projects to have like a pilot mm-hmm. and then um pitch it and see where it goes and then my longer documentaries are like passion projects which is is my grandma's okay and then i i have a nephew who's a professional basketball player in puerto rico mm. And he might go to the Olympics. You have a lot of projects. So, yeah, yeah. But, but that, he, That's he, exciting. he might go with the, with that sport three by three. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. With that. And that's like really time sensitive. So yeah. I just want to go to the Olympics, you know. There no, you go. Just, that's, that's that all sounds awesome. That sounds so great. Thank you. This has been Uptown Films, a podcast that elevates the cinema culture for Uptown New York City. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at UptownFilms underscore pod. Thank you so much for listening and keep making films Uptown. And this week you should watch the 1936 film My Man Godfrey.